want to share a little message with you. It's called, He is Jesus our Savior. He is Jesus our Savior. Before I get into that, I want to just share with you, how many of you know we talked last week about a revival? Everybody say revival. And the revival that was taking place, we looked at the Word of God, and it was in Samaria, right? And I just want to go back and just touch base on that because as we talk about He is Jesus, our Savior, everybody say Savior. What does that mean? What is it about? I don't understand that word. What what could it be? And some of you are like, yeah, I understand it. I got it. Um, but when you first came into the relationship of God, you might not have known what a Savior meant. And I want us to get into that. So real quick, I'm going to go to John chapter 4. You don't have to. You can just follow along with me. And we talked about the revival in Samaria. And as the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus said to his disciples, why would you say that the harvest is for another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now it's harvest time. So we know that Jesus was looking at the, the Samaritans coming out of the city because the woman, the evangelist, she was an evangelist that went in there and she began to start telling people that he knew what I was, what I did. He knew what my past was. He knew what was going on and he didn't condemn me. So all these people started coming out and Jesus said their hearts are like the vast fields of ripened grain ready for a harvest. Now many from Samaritan village became believers in Jesus. Why? Because of the woman's testimony. Because the woman testified and they heard her and they believed that he was the Savior. And then they begged Jesus for how many? Two days, right? And they said, will you stay? They begged him and he said, will you stay for us for two days? And the Bible said, resulting in what Jesus Christ had done, many more became than having faith in him because of his message. So in John chapter 4, verse 42, it said, The Samaritan said to the woman, Now we've heard him. I think I've got it. Now we've heard him. But we are uh, said to the woman, Now we've heard him for ourselves. We no longer believe just because what you told us. We are convinced that he really is the true Savior of the world. Are we trying to convince the world of who Jesus is? Are we saying, this is what Jesus is to me, what is he to you? And can that be different? And, and, and is he, this is, he is the savior of the world. This is not an imposter. This is not fake news. Can I get an amen? So I want to talk a little bit real quick about him being the savior of the world. The savior of the world. But in order to do that, we're going to need to go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, I want to look at verses 10 and 11. And this is when um, Jesus was the birth of Christ. And chapter 10 or verse 10, it says, So the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, what? I give you good news of great joy that for, us, for all the people. How many of you know all the people? It's for all of us. There's good news of great joy for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for who? You, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love the Charlie Brown version of it, you know, where Linus gets up and he starts talking about that, you know, and, and, he, and he talks about this very thing that he is, he is the Savior, a Savior. 
let's real quick, let's just kind of look and, and dissect this a moment. And let's look at what the word Savior means. I'm going to have you put it up there. That's good. So the word Savior, it's a Greek word because we know that in the New Testament, it's Greek. And in the Old Testament, it's Hebrew. And there was a lot of Aramaic that was also being spoken also, not just Hebrew, but Aramaic also. But this Greek word for uh, Savior is soter or soteria. It means a deliverer. Say a deliverer. So here is the Savior of the world. Here they are in Samaria, and they don't know as they're coming out. They're coming out of the town. They're saying, this is the guy. He's the Savior. He's also the deliverer. He's the deliverer. Not only does it mean deliverer, but it means for God or Christ. It says this in the Greek that when you have one Greek word, it may have a root for another Greek word. And that root for that other Greek word helps determine what the first Greek word is, right? So when you look back at it, it's kind of like English. There's root words that we have and we utilize. So in that word soteria, there is also the Greek word, which is sozo. Everybody say sozo. Or sozo. And it literally means this. It means to save or safe. It means to deliver or protect. It also means, especially when you look in some of your um, your, your Hebrew dictionaries or Greek dictionaries, it'll give you some words. A lot of times it'll have the King James word for that. And it says it also means to heal. It means to preserve. So Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our preserver. Are you with me? Jesus wants to save us. You are saved by yourself or yourself. He wants us to do well. He wants us to be whole or to make whole. God just doesn't want us to just be broken and fragmented. He wants to bring wholeness in your life. Oh, come on. See, a lot of times people are like, just get me through the day. If I can just get through the day, I'm dealing with this issue. And if I can get over this issue, Lord, then, then, then I'll get through the day. And then we'll worry about tomorrow. Well, God wants us to have the wholeness, the fullness of God. That's it within his word. He wants us to be able to do that. So when we look at the scripture, when those that were coming out of Samaria said, he's our savior, he's the savior, he's our deliverer, he's the one where we can go to and be safe, he's the one that's going to deliver us, he's the one that's going to protect us, he's the one that's going to heal us, he's the one that's going to bring preservation, he's the one that's going to, we can save ourselves through him, because you can't save yourself. No matter what you do, you can't do that. It has to be because of Jesus. And Jesus did that. In order to be made well. In order to be made whole. I mean, I'm telling you, sometimes I can look at myself in the mirror and I try to be like you guys are the same way. You try to think, okay, I'm doing good. I'm okay. But the truth is, you're looking at yourself and you look like Swiss cheese. Can I be honest? Because you've got holes blown in you. Because of what happened in your past, past hurts, past pains. I didn't get recognized by my boss, so you get hurt. I didn't get the raise that I should have got, so you get hurt. No, nobody said hello to me when I came in the church, so you get hurt. No, you, you begin to start looking at yourself and all of those issues in your life. You look at yourself and you're holy, 
but this holes that are blown in you or opened in you that you've allowed our soul to operate like Swiss cheese. It's when we come to that place where Jesus says, I want to make you whole, not just holy, H-O-L-Y, but he wants to bring wholeness into our life. So when the Samaritans saw him, and then they spent two days with him, they said, now we believe, not just because you said so, we believe because we understood ourselves. My prayer for you today is that you experience God in a way that you know he is your Savior. That you experience it, not just because I told you, or anybody else that gives a testimony, but you experience that in such a way for wholeness. So I want to look at this because when I began to start really, uh, when the Lord started highlighting this, I found the, the Savior being talked about in Acts. I found it in Timothy. I found it in Ephesians. I found it in Philippians. And I found it in Titus. How many of y'all have been just excited about reading the book of Titus? <laughs> They're like, who? Who is that guy? So I want to go there. I want to go there. You can follow along with me. It's Titus chapter 3. And you have to understand one thing real quick as I lay this down for a few minutes, is that Paul had some difficulty with the church in Ephesus. And he sent his spiritual son to deal with some of that. And that was Timothy. So Paul had some spiritual issues going on in Crete. So Paul sent his spiritual son, Titus, to deal with that. So when we see the book of Ephesians, we know that, that Paul has written this letter. He's given it to Timothy, and Timothy's coming in and taking care of some of the issues with the leadership. So the same thing was happening with Titus. So I want to give you a background so eventually you may go back and read about Titus and what took place. So the church in Crete, that, that they were having some issues with leadership. Here were some of the issues they were dealing with in leadership. They were having some leaders saying that you must be circumcised. Now, how many of you know that's Jewish? You don't have to be circumcised to be a Christian. Come on, somebody. But that was under the law. They had leaders dealing with law issues, Levitical laws, feasts, all these different things that they're saying, you got to do all this. And, and, and Paul was like, wait a minute, that's not how it is. So he sends Titus with a letter to come to Crete and begin to start dealing with the leadership that's there. How many of you know we're saved by God's grace? Everybody, grace. We're saved by God's grace. I'm not saved by my works, but yet the law brings us into a works mentality. And Paul was dealing with some of those mindsets. So he sends Titus in to deal with these things with this letter. I mean, the truth is, is that Paul was going to be going somewhere to the western part of the Mediterranean, and he really wanted Titus to go with him, but he wanted Titus to go and take care of the situations in Crete and then join him later. So he says, Titus, I want you to do this. So Titus is going to go in and deal with those issues. How many of you know dealing with church issues is not easy? <laughs> We've been doing it for 25 years, dealing with the church issues, and they're, they're difficult sometimes. 
But I want you to look at how he encouraged and what he said. So let me read to you Titus chapter 3. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 7. He says, Remind them to be subject to the rulers of two authorities and to be obedient and to be ready for every good deed. To slander no one. Not to be contentious. To be gentle. It's going to get quiet. Showing every consideration for all people. Not just some people, but everybody. For all people. For we too were once foolish. I love how Paul begins to start putting this out because he's, when, when, when Titus is going to talk to the leadership, he's going to have this letter and Paul's, he's going to begin to read what Paul has written. And we're reading this very same letter in which Paul has, has given him to read to them and to give to them. And he goes on and he says, Hey, look, guys, you need to be this. Let's do it this way. And a lot of times we don't want to change. A lot of times we want to hold on to our pain. We want to hold on to our hurt. I want to hold on to those things that have held me back, but yet I feel comfort in holding on to it. I know it's holding me back, but I don't want to let it go. So 20 years go by, and we're still dealing with the same junk. Oh, come on, people. And he's going on, and he's saying, look, this is how we need to be. If we aren't changing, then we're not changing. Then we're not growing. I mean, I'm different than I was, I believe, 10 years ago. There's been some things in my life, especially 30 or 40 years ago, there's a quite a bit different than how I used to be. Can I get an amen to that? He goes on and he talks to them about not to be contentious, to be gentle, uh, considerate of all people. And verse 3 says, for we too once were foolish. See if you're in there. We were foolish. How about this? Disobedient. Deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hating people, hating one another's haters. Isn't that what the deal is nowadays? Oh, they're just a bunch of haters. They don't want you to improve. They don't want you to grow. They don't want you to, get, to, to advance. They don't want you to increase. They don't want good things to happen in your life. And then they're just haters. They're just talking stuff and talking smack and they're hateful. I mean, maybe this was going on over 2,000 years ago also. He says, envy and hateful, hating one another. And he goes on and he says, but when the kindness of God our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared. <laughs> when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He did what? Everybody, can you read that? Y'all see that? So let me see the next slide. Do I have the next slide where it's highlighted? There we go. So when the kindness of God He's talking to the leadership in Crete. And Titus is saying, hey, we were this. We were that. And we don't need to be that way. Why? Because the kindness of God, our Savior, remember what the definition of that is? Our deliverer, our healer, our wholeness of God, bringing healing and health to our lives, he goes on and he says, it, 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 it appeared to mankind, and he, he what? He saved us. Now here's where all of a sudden Titus is getting serious 
with the church. And I want to get serious with you today just for a few moments. He says, not on the basis of deeds which we did in righteousness. So Paul was directly dealing with some of the leadership ideas and theology that they were operating in in the church. Now you got to remember, it was legalism. It was the law. So Paul is dealing with this through Titus, and Titus is saying, hey, look, he saved us. He saved us not on the basis of deeds. It is in, in the law, it was what you did. You had to do these, and you couldn't break these, because if you broke them, then you broke the law, right? And then you had to sacrifice and go to the, take your sacrifice to the temple, and you had to get penance. You paid money, and you, all sorts of things began to happen. And what Christ came in was to shift that. Somebody say shift. It needed to shift. Something needed to shift. Something was different. And now the church in Crete, who wasn't there years ago, is now there, and Paul has established it, and the leaders are trying to mix the law and God's grace. We do that all the time in our lives. We do it all the time. I watch TV, and they blame this on God. Well, there was a big disaster and a fire, and it just flowed through the world, and all these people were killed, and all this stuff was built, and they were blaming it on God. It's not God. I think the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you what? Life and give it. God takes a bad rap. But the problem is, is we don't want to change it because our insurance company sometimes will take care of you because of an act of God. Maybe we need to rename it to the act of the devil. How would that work? Would, that, would society really like that one? Well, my, my insurance paid because what? It was the act of the devil. He came to steal, kill, and destroy and, you know, wiped out my world. Things took place. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds as we did in righteousness, but in accordance, listen, to his mercy. In accordance to his goodness, his mercy. So his kindness, do you see that? Kindness. His love. And he saved us based on what? His mercy. So I'm trying to show you three things here. That through the Savior, Christ, our Savior, he goes on and he says that it was not from the basis of deeds, but he did in righteousness, but according to his mercy. And he talks about washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. What is that? That's baptism. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about cleansing us. When I come to Christ and I repent, are my sins forgiven? Come on. He forgives me, but y'all don't. I know that was Bob. He is such a cute little boy. I remember when he was, you know, 12 and, and he, 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 he blew up that, you know, that building. Well, and... Martha, that was 47 years ago. Yeah, but we all remember you did that. God's, God's not remembering that, people. Hello? He's not remembering it. Because he says he takes our sin and he moves it as far as away as the east is from the... He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. But yet Aunt Martha's remembering your sin... Your family members and friends remember your sin. Come on, somebody. 
But he's saying, he goes on and he talks about washing. And I'm trying to get to that scripture where he says, by washing of the regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. This isn't about a baptism. This is about a cleansing of my soul. This is about cleansing. I can cleanse my soul through forgiveness. I can cleanse my soul for, you know, allowing God to wash over me. Come on. Or his word to water and wash over me and cleanse me and make me holy. Why? Because the enemy wants to continue to remind me of my past sins and God saying, I am throwing them into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. You ever had somebody come up and they said, look, don't tell some, don't tell nobody. I'm going to tell you something. John was talking about, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell nobody. And then they tell you. This is what they do. They tell me. And then they say something else about it, and I go, what are you talking about? And they're like, I just told you. I already forgot. As a pastor, I have to have a short memory. Because somebody can wrong us now and then want us to love on them two hours later. Hello? So Paul was dealing with them mixing the law and they were mixing God's grace and Titus was coming in and, and he was, and he was dealing with those issues and he says, this is what's taken place. But don't you know that because of God's kindness, because of his goodness, because of his mercy, because of his love, if I stay focused on those things, then the word of God will continue to wash me and cleanse me. Oh no, you're not hearing me today. And I'm here to tell you, it'll wash you. It'll make you clean so you can get up out of that muck and mire and you can go on for the next day. And you can be walking in the righteousness and the justification of God. Hallelujah. I don't think you understand it. Let me try to break it down. He sits here and he talks about the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out upon us. How? Through Jesus Christ, our what? Our deliverer, our savior. So that being justified by his grace, that he would be made, we would be made heirs according to the hope of the eternal life. There's a lot in this thing. So he richly poured it out upon us through Jesus Christ, our deliverer, our redeemer. Our Savior. Oh, come on, somebody. Without Him, there, I'm not there. Without Him, there's no cross. Without Him, there's no deliverance. Without Him, no, there's no receiving what God has for me. Without Him, I'm still in guilt and shame and bitterness and anger and hurt and pain. Without Him, I can't overcome any of that stuff. So I try to drink it up, smoke it up, cuss it up, whatever I got to do to try to give me some relief, and it doesn't give me any relief. Because his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. When I look at this scripture, I think about something. Come on up, Angela, and you can play. I think about his divine nature. His divine nature. Is kindness in God's divine nature. Sure. He was trying to tell the church then, guys, the leadership's got to change. You guys got to quit being this, start being this. And allow God's divine nature to live through you. Could anybody be more kinder in this place? Just me? Y'all are doing great. What about the goodness of God? I want to experience the goodness of God. My name is Jimmy. Give me all you can give me. That's not the goodness of God. 
That's not the goodness of God. Because if you had everything that you wanted to have, you'd be a spoiled, rotten brat. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you. <laughs> you would. You might be a spoiled, rotten brat. You, that's why. I mean, if we had everything that was given to us, where would we have faith for? Faith for nothing. And it's like, okay. So I don't want to get to that point. I want to be to the point where I am relying on Christ. And I think this was the whole thing he was trying to shift in Crete was saying, hey, guys, all this legal stuff that you're bringing in, it isn't about that. It's about God's kindness. It's about his goodness. It's about his mercy and his love. His mercy and his love. God so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believes on, whoever believes on him shall not perish, but what have, have everlasting life. So God's divine nature is kindness. Everybody say kindness. His divine nature is love. Everybody say love. His divine nature is mercy. Isn't he mercy? Has anybody had mercy shown to them? I think about that and I think, God, if it wasn't for your, your grace in my life, if it wasn't for your mercy in my life, he had mercy on me. There's times when I was like, God have mercy on me. I didn't even know God. I was 16 years old and, and we were, had a bunch of guys over at the house and we were, we were out carousing at two o'clock in the morning. Come on, I'm just going to talk about me. I'm not talking about you. We were carousing. There was like six or eight of them, right? And we're, and we're sitting out there with our sleeping bags under the carport. And we decided to go carouse. And well, we decided to go down to the, to the apartment complex nearby and go swimming. So we jumped the fence. Went swimming. Next thing you know, the police come. There's eight guys. What do you think happened? Do you think all those eight guys ran in the same direction? No, we were like cats. We were gone. And we were running and there was, there was officers driving down the street shining lights on the houses. You know why? Because some of us were hidden in the bushes watching the light go over us. And you could hear the radios go, well, I'm over here on this other side. I don't see anybody. And you know, there was like three or four cars out there. And we're running to get back home because we said, look, if we get separated, we meet at home. And we're running to get back home and I know y'all think I'm really holy and all this other good stuff, but you know, this without Jesus Christ, I'm nothing. But with him, I am holy. With him, I am righteous. With him, I am justified. So I'm telling you this because I, I just, I just, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, when I get home, what is my dad going to think? My, my dad was a, a bricklayer. And he had guns, Bryce. He had guns. You know what I mean? My brother told me one time, he said, don't ever let him hit you. So we're, we're working our way back home. And I get up and we're looking over the edge of the carport to see who else is around. And there's two guys with me and I don't know where the other five were. And, and then there's the light used to be on in the carport and it's not on anymore. So I go to the door and I go into the house and I wake up dad. And my dad says, I don't need you to lie to me, boy. I need the truth. Because if one of these kids get caught, they're going to come to my house and I want to be able to tell them the truth. I said, okay. He said, were you drinking? No. Was anybody drinking? No. Did you tear up anything? No. We broke some bottles. We jumped the fence. We were swimming. 
probably loud. He said, okay. He said, turn that light off and you go out there in them sleeping bags and you lay down. Let me know when every boy comes in. And over the next two hours, we could hear somebody. You're here. Good. What's happening? Get in your sleeping bag. Dad says that when the police come, he'll talk to them. Okay. I was running. They were running. One guy went so far the other direction, they found, we found out later, you know, that's why he was two hours late getting there. But he finally showed up, one of them, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And we could have got caught. We probably could have got arrested. I don't know what they would have done with us. I'm surprised nobody got caught. But it's the kindness of God. I remember laying down. Here's the point I was making. I remember laying down in those bushes and seeing that light shine over my head. And I thought, God, if you're real, get me out of here. And I mean, I was within running distance of my house. And I waited till they were gone. And then me and two other guys were like, let's go. Running through the backyards, jumping fences. No dogs, praise God. Micah, this is not an example for you. This is what not to do. But here's what I want to say. That it was the kindness of God in my life, even though I didn't know him. It was his love in my life that I didn't know him. And was I guilty? Yeah, we were guilty of trespassing. We were guilty of doing some stupid stuff as kids. But it was God's mercy in my life. And I've got, those are little ones. Because God, he loves man. He loves mankind. Think about that. He created you, mankind, in his image and in his likeness. It's like, what? How can we get our minds wrapped around that? He was delighted in the idea and the concept to create men and women. Men and women. He created them. Male and female. He created them. He was delighted. This concept was delightful to God. There were times where he was upset with us as human, the human race. And there were times Moses was upset. And I'm just glad God and Moses never got into agreement. Otherwise, we'd have been wiped out. But we're not. You know why? Because we are created in his image and in his likeness. So when, when the Samaritans were having revival and they're coming out and they're talking about Jesus being the Savior of the world, this was in reference to Jesus doing something they couldn't do for themselves. Save us. Salvation not only came through his kindness, salvation also came through his mercy. Salvation also came through his love. Everybody say love. We didn't save ourselves. He saved us. Not only did he wash us in verse 5, but he made us new. <laughs> he made us new. What my... My DNA is God's DNA. But my soul needs to be renewed. And you can look in Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, 11. I mean, Romans. My soul needs to be... My transformation takes place in my mind. Because my mind is part of my will and emotions. My mind, my will, my emotions. That's my soulish nature. Therapists talk about the soul. Counselors talk about the soul. 
Psychology talks about the soul. We're made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. We're a spiritual being. And he talks about washing us. And that brings justification. We get washed by the word of God. Justification is this. Some of you that may not know what justification is. It's the gracious act of God whereby he declares a believing sinner righteous. Made in right relationship to him because of the finished work of the cross. It wasn't because I did something, mother. I did receive Christ, but it's because they recognized him as the savior of the world. He's the deliverer. He's the one we've been hearing about. She even talked about it. The woman, when he first met her, he was like, well, when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us all this stuff. Well, the Messiah spent two days with him, told him all that stuff, and then they were in. They were all in. God put on our account the righteousness of his son so that we could not be condemned anymore. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. I believe it's verse 1. It says, Now there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Because Jesus is our Savior. Romans 8.1 This is the result of His kindness. This is the result of His love. This is the result of His mercy. And when we read the scriptures, it really brings hope. Do you know that you're heirs of God? Do you know that we're joint heirs with Jesus? Do you know that you can draw on His riches? And I'm not just talking about money. Because then there's some of us that need peace. Some of us need understanding because there's some junk that happens in this world that we don't understand why or how, and we got to walk through this stuff. So we need that understanding. But because of hope, everybody say hope, we can begin to share in his abundant favor. We can begin to walk in the things of God. We can be assured of His unfailing love. And if I heard anything this morning, it was about love. It's about love. It's about love. God's love is unconditional in your life. We need to believe that and we need to receive that. Somebody say, I receive. It's important that we should live godly lives. Guys, don't discount this. And don't take it for granted. Don't take what the cross did for us not to live godly lives. Not to be changed and transformed into our image, into our likeness. Not to love my wife as Christ loved the church and give myself up for her. Not to be patient and kind with others. It's important for us to live godly lives. And to maintain good works. Within our lives. Why? Why do we do what we do? Because we're serving God and others see we're serving God. And can I tell you something? They see whether you're serving with a good attitude or not. Somebody's got to say ouch to that one. Me, ouch. Oh, I just got kicked in the behind. Because our attitudes. They see the attitude. I see you go to church. I see you doing this. But then on Monday, I also see that attitude. Where's your faith on Monday? Well, this is the same thing that he was after with the church in Crete. And Titus had the opportunity to go deal with it. God's dealing with us. 
to rise above the world. God's dealing with us to take another step. He's dealing with us to just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe that he is who he says he is. And he will do what he says he does. Just believe that their encouragement is there, not only here, but in the spiritual realm through the witnesses, uh, the cloud of witnesses through them. Just, just believe. I don't know why bad stuff happens, but it's life. Life happens. Life happens. There's difficulty in life. There's things that can shape you and mold you if you allow it to do that. What are you going through today? What are you going through now? I can look at some of you, and I know some of you are fighting for your lives physically. There's issues going on in your life. Just begin to believe. Just hold on to him. Just hold on to him. You said it right. Let go of that other stuff and begin to hold on to him. Let me pray with you. Because I know the battle that you're going through. Will you just go ahead and stand to your feet? I know the battles that you're going through are real. I'm not discounting any of that stuff. But I want to I sow this into your life. I wanted to sow Titus into your life. Because there are some things that God wants us to begin to step in and realize that Jesus is the Savior. He's the Deliverer. He's the Deliverer. He's the Deliverer. He, you can't deliver yourself. Just close your eyes just a moment, and I just want you to picture Jesus. Whatever that picture is that you have in your mind of Him. Some of us can picture him on the cross. Some of us can picture him on the way to the cross. Some of us can picture him through the suffering. Some of us can picture him after the suffering. Some of us can see him shedding his blood. Some of us can begin to walk in the things of God and begin to see Christ there. Some of us will be like Thomas that we talked a few weeks ago about saying, God, I don't believe you, but Jesus said, look, put your hand in my hand. Put your hand in my side. What you're going through today, I want you to know that you just got to believe in the middle of it. What else are you going to do? Quit? Not. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're going to keep moving. You're going to keep struggling. You're going to keep believing. You're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep moving forward. You're going to keep believing. You're going to be keep declaring. You're going to keep decreeing. You're going to keep standing with the things of God. You're going to keep coming to church. You're going to keep asking for prayer. You're going to keep reading the word. You're going to keep believing God. You're going to say, wait a minute, God, if you did it for them, you'll do it for me. God, I don't know when this is going to happen, but it's good with my soul. I am going to walk through this. I am not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to step into where you want me to step into. I'm, I'm Somebody's got to move and it's not me. The devil's got to move. And the fear has to go in Jesus' name. We declare that that fear has to move. Right now it's been trying to push you out, push you in, push you into a place where you're not operating and living in the way God wants you to live and operate. But I'm here to tell you that faith is beginning to move in because you're just going to believe. You're just going to believe that God can. You're just going to believe that he will. You're just going to believe that he's going to take care of you through the situation or through the, pro pro the problem that you're dealing with. He's going to be there. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus Christ, he is Jesus Christ, the Savior. Is he your Savior? Is he your Savior today? Are you trusting in him? Are you building on him? 
Are you standing on him? He's a solid rock. Are you drinking from the well? Are you, are you t- partaking with the Holy Spirit? Are you allowing him to shape and change and mold you, make adjustments in your life? Are you obstinate? Are you stubborn? Are you kicking against the goats? Are you not allowing God to just have his way in your life? It is well with my soul. I want it to be well with your soul. I pray healing over you. I pray deliverance over you. I pray that Jesus is your Savior. And he's delivered you. And he's delivering you. But he's delivered us from the penalty of sin, which is death. Now we can operate in life. And I pray that he continues to give you strength in what you're walking through. I pray for each, every person individually. We bless you. 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 Bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Just believe. 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 Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep changing. Keep changing. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Pretty soon you're going to be transformed into his likeness, into his image. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you just receive this morning? We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done, but God's not. We're almost done. Reach for what's ahead. Let go of what's behind you. Look out to the front window and don't be staring in the rearview mirror. Your best days, your greater days, your peaceful days, your warring days, all these things are ahead of you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody in the church said, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Jesus is our Savior. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you just want us to pray for you, come on up, allow us to pray for you. If, you've, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on, let me pray for you also. We send you forth in his power and his might. God bless you. Go forth in Jesus' name. Amen.